we moved to New Orleans post-Katrina. And even though it had been four years since the effects of that hurricane took its toll on that city, there was still a lot of rebuilding to do. There was not just a house here and a house there that needed a total renovation. There were whole streets, entire neighborhoods that were abandoned and in need of rebuilding. Regardless of the time of day, if you drove by a Lowe's or a Home Depot, you could see a line of workers waiting for work. Occasionally, you'd see a truck come by and select a group of men for work that day. Roofers and construction companies often used these day laborers to get the job done at their various construction sites. It always bothered me to see those men standing outside. They stood there, rain or sweltering heat, waiting, not only for someone to stop, but for someone to pick them. I always felt bad for those men. And since many of those men were Hispanic, I often wondered if it was the only job they felt they had a chance of getting. That might come across as a racist statement, but that is their reality. I didn't only encounter gentlemen like this while driving through town. My comment isn't one coming solely from the outside looking in. It's coming from actually getting to talk with some of them. While we were in New Orleans, I worked at a church located on busy Canal Street. I was the person who answered the door each day to many people like these day laborers who were in need of food. We were a small, poor, yet rapidly growing church with a prominent building in town. Not a day went by where we didn't have people coming and asking for food. Because of our smaller budget and our large community need, we couldn't pass out a box of food like our Norwalk food pantry. But we could make sure that they had enough to eat for that day. And that's what we did. We gave them enough for a day. It's something good because it's plenty for that day. Day laborers and most of those who work minimum wage jobs take life one day at a time. If they're given the opportunity to work, they work. They work without benefits or extra incentives. They work without a dignified title and often without even a bathroom break. They work trusting that they will get a fair day's wage, all while not knowing what tomorrow will bring. Our text for today tells a story of day laborers. It is a rather unusual story in that the landowner goes back and hires more laborers several times throughout the day. A typical shift at that point in time was all of daylight. 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. at night was a full day's work. 
Yet this landowner hires at 6 a.m., at 9 a.m., at 12 noon, at 3 p.m., and again at 5 p.m. That is a lot of hiring throughout one day and at odd times throughout the day, but the oddness does not stop simply with the hiring. The landowner has the manager pay everyone the same day's wage. Everyone, the 6 a.m. laborers and the 5 p.m. laborers all received the same day's wage. Now, while these laborers were used to working with daily wages, they still understood this was completely unfair. We are used to working with hourly wages. That's not unusual for us. And as long as we can do basic math, we realize that those hour laborers should have received one-twelfth of what those day laborers received. And the day laborer, they call him out on it. He said it wasn't fair for the hour laborer to receive the same amount. Well, technically that isn't what he said. He didn't say it wasn't fair. He said that it is not fair for the landowner to make the hour laborers equal to the day laborers. Equal. That word changes things. That one word, when discussing pay or jobs, might bring lots of things to the forefront of your mind. Our society has whole movements for equal pay for equal work. The women's movement was all about equal pay for equal work. Minorities have fought for years for equal pay for equal work. But what is equal? How does society decide who gets paid what? Professional athletes get paid more than physicians and teachers. Does that mean they're valued anymore? Does that mean that they're any better a person? People in our society are not treated as equals. We ask athletes and actors for their autographs. Our teenagers hang posters of singers up in their bedrooms to idolize them. These are not people who are considered equal to our hour laborers who make minimum wage and our day laborers who work for a fair living wage. Our society is a competitive society. I admit that just yesterday I sat in my living room and cheered on my hometown team in a game of football. Over 100,000 people filled those stands, and who knows how many other thousands tuned in like I did to watch. And that wasn't even the only game on. We love competition. And while we say we're team players and we root for our team and for our country to win various competitions, we still single out our favorite players. 
We recognize and reward our MVPs of each game. We finish the Olympics and we don't say, wow, did you see that Team America? No, we sit there and say, wow, did you see Michael Phelps? Competition is a part of us. It's a part of our daily routine. We set out not simply to do something, but to do it well. And it's our human nature that we expect someone to recognize us for what it is that we have done. The landowner said to the day laborers, didn't you agree to the usual daily wage? And then he asked a twofold question. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I'm generous? Those are pretty bold questions to ask. And I almost wish he had extended that last question just a bit further to say, Or are you envious? Because I'm being generous to someone other than yourself. Generosity is a peculiar thing. Generosity bothers us. Why does that person or that school or that organization or that group get that donation? Even though we are not the judge nor the giver, we have an opinion about it. Just as the day laborer had an opinion about the generosity shown to the hour laborers, are we that selfish of a people that we can't be happy for others when they're receiving something good? These day laborers were receiving enough to feed themselves for one day. It's something good because it's plenty. Plenty for that day. As we know, these everyday parables of Jesus have always got a spiritual message tagged to them. Were the Jews still not playing nice with the Gentiles from a few weeks back? I could see that. I could see how the Jews could view themselves as the day laborers. Those who have worked all day in the vineyard and view the Gentiles as the hour laborers who have just become a part of the kingdom of God at the last hour. I could see how offering both Jew and Gentile God's grace and gift of salvation could ruffle some feathers. But we aren't. The giver. The Jews are not the giver. God is the giver. And salvation cannot be earned. Grace cannot be bought. And yet we feel like it's due us. We feel like we've earned our spot in heaven by committing to the life of this church. By living out each day in a thoughtful and humble way. We think it's something we can earn and buy into, but it's not. Tomorrow, 
There will be several of you participating in the Ministerial Golf Tournament here in Norwalk that will help fund our Norwalk Ministerial Association. While playing, if you end up taking several more swings than you had anticipated at a hole, you will be able to purchase hole graces. That's what the tickets say. However many are needed, purchase away. Each grace gives you a free swing at that hole. For some of you, I suspect you will be in need of a lot of grace tomorrow. And when you purchase your whole grace, you will see typed on each ticket that faithful verse in Ephesians 2. For it is by grace you have been saved. We laugh at that because it's funny. Those whole graces are one of the actual money makers for our ministerial association, which is a good cause that benefits and helps our community and those in need. So we join in the fun. But we also laugh because we know that we can't really ever buy grace. We can't buy our salvation. And against all feelings of self-righteousness, we also know we can't earn our salvation. It's a gift, a very generous gift. It's good because it's plenty, because it's all that we need. I forgot to mention something that was really neat about a lot of the day workers I encountered in New Orleans. They work with each other and they share their rewards. They take care of each other. They know that some days they will get work. Other days the others will get work. But each day they make sure that they are all fed. It might not be the finest of foods, but it's good. It's plenty. It's all they need for that day. This is what we pray for. Give us this day our daily bread. We pray for us, plural. We pray that we all get fed that we all share in the reward, and that each week we are fed. We're fed right here, right here. We are fed at this table where there is always an abundance of bread, where there is always an overflowing cup. We haven't earned our spot at the table it's not something we can buy, but we've been generously given a place and fed the gift of salvation, which is good because it is plenty and it is all that we need. Let us come this morning to the table as we sing number 420, verses 1, 2, and 3. I come with joy. <laughs> 